Good morning, everyone. Um, can you guys hear me well? And can you see my screen that says ClearPath Update? Good. Okay. Um, before I do that, there's a couple things that were just stirring in my heart during the time of worship. Um, one of the things that I feel like that God has been working on for a couple of years and is going to continue to work on. Um, I've shared this many times, um, but I'll share it again um, to give context for what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying. In the, la in the last five years as a pastor, the number one issue that I have encountered in people's lives, both in ClearPath and outside of ClearPath, that have been um, in the Christian community and actually some beyond the Christian community. The number one issue that I, en I end up dealing with or hearing about or walking with people through is this issue of disappointment, specifically over finding um, some sort of destiny or purpose or calling or the thing that they thought was their thing, not being as awesome as they thought it was going to be or whatever it is. Um, how many of you can resonate a little bit with that? You know, this, this idea of, I thought I was going somewhere. I thought something was going to happen. I thought something was going to be more awesome than it was. And it, and it, and it, it wasn't um, what I thought it was. And I think one of the big course corrections that God has been uh, um, emphasizing and this is not just a clear path. I think this is broader is that the call in our lives is not to manifest our destiny. The call in our lives is to abide in Jesus, to walk with him daily, to come like him, to know him. And, and um, sometimes we make more out of those things than, than we need to make. And, the word that God gave me a couple years ago was that we make the big things too big and the small things too small. And God's in the daily, the ordinary, and the regular as much as the other stuff. And uh, so what I was feeling in worship was um, uh, there, there can be this progression that happens when you encounter disappointment where you feel as though... Um, a sort of skeptical or cynical view of the world is somehow wise or somehow more mature than this previous view of hope that we have. We hold things in our heart. And I was feeling like how I really feel like today, one of the things God wants to do even up to the end of this year is to rid us of these, um, I call them garments of cynicism these, these, uh, this skepticism that masquerades as wisdom. And the, re the replacement to me is a childlike faith, a childlike hope. A child doesn't get, ex a child does not get excited about something that's going to happen in their life two years when all the pieces come together. A child finds joy right where they're at. You know, you, you give a child a present and they play with the box. You know, they, there, is, there is not this need in a child, especially the young ones, to have something 
work out or have this um, thing happen to find joy, to find hope. And so I feel like if you can take this, I feel like as a prophetic word, um, is it got is that cynicism is not wisdom, first of all. Um, but putting all our hope in our in our plans or our what we think think is going to happen with the things that we think we're supposed to do is also not wisdom. The the hope that is secure is the hope that's in Jesus daily and in the joy and the love and the beauty that he brings all around us. Um I was sitting on my roof last week, blowing leaves off my roof. And I have an enormous amount of leaves in my yard, as you can imagine. And um, it's really quite amazing, to be honest. Um, last year, we had this, this storm, windstorm came through and blew all the leaves like down in like a two days. And there was this point where I looked out my window and it was like, it was like the sky was a garment of leaves. Like there were so many leaves falling that you, I mean, I, I mean, you could see the train tracks on the other side of my house from them, but it was almost like it was coming to the point where it was like blocking the view of anything behind it. Cause it was just that many leaves falling. So, so on my roof blowing leaves and we've got a, this yield of pecans this year, which is really cool. And, um, I, uh, have I was sitting on the roof while I was up on leaves picking pecans and putting in this bag. And I had this moment where I can't remember if I was crying, but I had this moment where I just was really, really touched by the Lord because I thought, God, you know, this silly as this is, thank you for this, the gift of these pecans. And then my thought went to this idea that that somebody planted these trees long before we moved into this home actually long, actually long before the previous owners who lived there for 50 years, somebody had planted these trees or these trees um, had been, you know, had just fought, you know, the seeds from the, from other trees had fallen and they'd grown up. And I realized that that scripture came to my mind that you get to reap what other people have sown. And and so I was just really grateful, um, really, really grateful. In, in, in uh, Psalm, uh, that this morning's I follow uh, the Book of Common Prayer scriptures for daily reading. And this morning's Psalm was Psalm 118. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Um, I love that, that scripture. That whole scripture is a beautiful scripture. And it says, one of the other comments in there it says that the lord is with me i will not be afraid i i uh when i look one of the things i like to do before talk about the future is to look into the past look at what god has been doing and i just want to say this to you guys as a community um this has been such a, a year where like andrew and i don't go a week without saying how grateful we are for clear path and when you start out in ministry, you think of all the things that you get to do for people or that you want to do for people. And then the longer you go, you start to realize that this is, as much, this is a greater gift 
then it is something I give to. And so I just want to thank you guys. This is, this is a year where I look back and I'm deeply, deeply grateful. Um, we have gotten to benefit from fruit in your life and the life as a community that we didn't, we didn't sow. You know, we've, we've been here in the process to help each other grow. Um, but a lot of the fruit and the gifts and the graciousness that we experience in each other, it, it was planted in our lives long before we came into community with each other. And so I just want to say thank you. This has been such a good year. Honestly, I was somebody was telling me, like, I'm just so ready for 2020 to be over. And I was like, you know, to be honest, I'm going to look back at 2020 as probably one of my favorite years, just such a really um, good year. And especially for our church community. And um, I just want to mention a few things that have been really meaningful to uh, us and to others, I think. Um, first of all, let me just say this. This has been an incredibly gracious community. Um, I have gotten to lit talk to pastors that are laying off their whole staff or having to make really hard decisions. I've gotten to talk to pastors that are that have been criticized pretty heavily for um you know closing their churches or not closing their churches or making people wear masks or not people wear masks whatever just like the gamut of things talking about politics too much not talking about politics enough like being and i just want to say thank you one of the things i realized this year is we have a very gracious community and a not not very judgmental community and there's always going to, we're always going to be imperfection, but I believe this community is very gracious and I'm very appreciative for that. And this year has been an example of that. Um, one of the, the cool things that has happened this year, how many of you like raise your hand if you participated in a prayer time this year that was on zoom, I think so many have participated, whether you're regular or whether you participated some, it has been a very, um, it's just been, we have prayed. I counted it up the other day. We've definitely prayed over 150 times together. Um, and so that means we would have, I think it's more like 180. I don't know the number, but you know, we have, we have, uh, you know, we've been through, we would have actually read through all of the Psalms at this point and in our prayer. And so that's pretty, that's a pretty amazing thing that happened this year. Another thing is that this has been a very isolating year for a lot of people. Um, but I feel like to the best that we know how we've, we've been able to stay connected with a lot of you and we're appreciative for that. And we recognize that some people are um, still in a boat of trying to be cautious and safe. And we respect that and honor that, but, but we're grateful for the connection. Um, this year, you know, more than other years, we've been able to help people financially. We've been able to give uh, grocery gift cards and all, you know, different sorts of things for people that were affected by COVID. And that was, um, that was a big thing. And the last thing I'll mention is that at the beginning of this year, we talked about sort of the trajectory of ClearPath. And one of the big course corrects for me as a leader has been when you uh, 
um, when you start out by thinking about leading a community, one of the things you think about is vision. And vision, oftentimes, I've said many times I don't like the word, because vision oftentimes is this idea that we have to go somewhere and be something that we're not. And I, yet I think that the, um, the, there's some language to support that. I think the bigger story in scripture is God empowering us to be exactly who we are in him, rather than this idea of trying to go be something that we aren't yet. And so um, at the beginning of this year, we, we, our goal was to stay within the story and the DNA and the identity of who God has called us to be. And there's a number of those things that make up the identity. And, but just to stay the course, to tweak, um, to update, to refresh, but to stay the course for what God has rather than invent, reinvent the wheel. And so um, that's been kind of the year. Um, I want to talk to you about 2021 and even the, even Advent, which is coming up. And so hold on here. Um, what, um, one of the biggest shifts for me in leading, as I mentioned with vision is shifting from this idea of like a goals oriented vision or plan or however you want to put it to this idea of intent. Um, last week I preached on intent and I would really encourage you, uh, we need to get, get it up on podcasts. I don't, um, I think it's an important message and I want to give a little bit of a, a refresh on this, on this, uh, before I go forward. Uh, last week I preached on a, a kind of an obscure scripture with Jesus where his brothers are going to go to this uh, festival. They're going to go, I can't remember if it was Passover. No, I don't think it was Passover, but they're going to go to a festival and his brothers who don't believe in him yet are like, Hey, you need to go to the festival in Jerusalem. And so everybody can see your miracles and your teaching, like what kind of prophet hides. And there's this comment, Jesus says that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm intending to stay in secret. And they were, they were sort of, I don't know, I almost get the idea of making fun of him. But he, he makes this point, and I'll read the scripture. He says, my time is not yet here for you, any time will do. And I think that that's such an important scripture because it says something about Jesus that we don't often think about. It says something that he recognized and had intent for the season that he was in. And so in, in Christ and in the kingdom, there is eternal intent and there is seasonal intent. Like Jesus is always establishing his kingdom. He's always displaying his love. He's always redeeming the loss. But in the early part of the ministry, his ministry, one of the things that we forget about is that he did miracles in secret, that he vo avoided confrontation with the religious, that he, um, that he actually avoided the big preaching in Jerusalem. And he, he knew the intent of where God had him. And there's a lot of other examples of Jesus' seasonal or momentary intents when he comes 
and Zacchaeus sees him. He says, today I'm going to your house. He made his intent to go to his house. There are these moments where it says Jesus left the crowd and went alone to be in solitude because his intent in that moment was not to be with the crowd, but to be alone with the Lord. There's this one that I brought up this last week. It says after Jesus, after John the Baptist died, it says that Jesus went to be alone. It doesn't say even that he prayed. I, I, some, I, I like to think that maybe Jesus was grieving the loss of a family member. Um, but it's very clear that in certain parts of his ministry, he had different, he had one intent. And then he, had, and so God, God uses seasons to help shape intent. And so one of the things we're doing as a, as a community, when we plan into a year is that we think about what is the intent for this season? And then Andrew and I will also do this for ourselves, for our, for our own lives. And so I like to, uh, the idea for me, the way to contextualize this is the idea of intent versus goals. I think that while goals can sometimes be helpful, sometimes they can be unhealthy. And um, I like uh, the picture of goals to me as the stock market and the business world. Like I, I get to somewhat live in the business world and, and in the business world, everything is built on projections and metrics and results and outcomes that are measurable. And when those results and outcomes aren't achieved, people are, you know, lose money, people lose jobs, people lose um, livelihoods. And so our, our, one of the things we don't realize is that our culture is, it, there's a, um, a deep uh, cultural fixation with goals, with results, measurable outcomes. And, and I don't mean to say that God doesn't care about measurable outcomes, but I don't think that goals are, are like setting goals is this primary invitation of scripture when we think about how God is setting trajectory and vision for our lives. And so when I look at the business world, when I look at, you know, and I'm living the business world, grateful for it, but this has very much affected our culture and the way that we think about setting a course for our lives. I think a better way, when a, a better metaphor to think about intent is farming. Um, although business world often is like, it's very goals oriented. Farming is like, you cannot predict how much fruit is going to come out of the ground. I remember when I was, I remember being in this, um, you know, small, uh, like 800 square foot home in France is the home of this uh, couple who had, or this family who had lived there the whole lives. It's a very small village. And I can't remember where the lady was from. She had married her husband. His family had been, uh, you know, they've been growing grapes for wine for half a millennia. And she had married in this family and she was telling us about this hail that it hit the crop like 40 years ago. And she was just telling us the story of how they got no crop and they had no money that year. It was really hard. And she was just telling us the story and we were listening to her. And when we, when we farm, like we set an intent of the seed that we put in the ground, we set an intent of the kind of crop that we want to have, but we trust God. Farmers trust God. I have a good friend who's a farmer in Montana. And when, and when they think about farming, 
They have to depend on the sunlight, the weather, the rain, all the things that God created that caused the ground to yield fruit. They have to stand in trust with God in between the space of not knowing what the result will be of their labor. And so I think that this is the way the Christian life is. One of the, one of the things that I don't really like that has been communicated in the church and particularly in the streams of church that we have been in is that is this idea that the Christian walk is somehow not work. Um, you know, oftentimes the scripture about striving is quoted. And yet I think it's really clear from all the things that Paul does, the disciples do, that Jesus does, that there's a lot of work in the kingdom of God. There's a whole lot of things that we have to do but I think the kind of work that we do is much more like the farmer who sows the seed and labors in the field, but trusts that God will provide, that he will, he will rain on the ground that we are working. And so that's, that's um, the way that I think personally at this point, it's not the way I've always thought, but the way I think about writing plans, the way I think about writing personal plans or church plans or even business plans for me, to be honest, is that I think in terms of intent, not goals. And I think the, the better image for intent is, is the, um, the, the way that a farmer works. And so what I'm going to talk to you about today, and I'll, I'll not be too long, is what, how, what things are we setting as intent, you know, for ClearPath, both long-term and in 2021. And so we actually wrote this year a statement of intent. We're still working on the language, but you can see it here on the, on the screen. Um, and we changed from the, we did not use the word vision statement or mission statement because for us, what we are doing is that we're setting an intent. We're setting a, we're setting a focus that gives context for our community rather than like we're trying to accomplish something, we're setting intent for our community, for our engagement, for our labor. And so we wrote this statement of intent that, that God's gift to us is fullness. Our response to him is abiding. God's gift to us is fullness. Our response to him is abiding. How many of you remember us starting the year talking about fullness? And the word fullness is really... Um, an important word to me, because I think that's what people are looking for. I think what we are looking for in God is this eternal fullness. And a lot of us have looked for that by um, chasing whatever thing that we think we're going to be awesome at. And yet fullness is not somewhere far, far away. But as Deuteronomy says, Deuteronomy 30, it says the commandment it's not far away. It's not up in the heavens. It's not across the sea that someone would have to go get it. It's near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. And so I believe that the, that the, the, that God's commandment, his gift of fullness to us is right here. It's not in something we're going to build or do down the road. It's right here. And our response is just to abide in him the way that, a, you know, the way that a branch abides in the vine. The statement of focus, a little more uh, broad, it's just, or focused. It's, to equip people to be presence-oriented, communally integrated, and outwardly intentional in all parts of life. We're actually going to uh, finish this time today and send you a document that has these things so that you can just keep them. 
um, but we just look for language to communicate not what not necessarily what we hope to be but who we believe god has made us to be already and uh here's just a a list of values that we currently have on here and and andrea and i have written a paragraph on all these that will be in that document and the way that we wrote our values one of the thing i've had a really hard time over the years with is nailing down values because i feel like oh, i have to give up something and the way that we decided to write our values is that we decided that some things can enter in and some things can leave and so there's things on this list that may be here for 20 years and there's things that maybe at some point are not an emphasis for us and so one of the things that you realize in um, life with god is that that things change like you you have conviction and god deepens that conviction but his emphasis shifts and so we've sort of made it uh we've decided to make the value conversation a fluid one where we may emphasize something and God may highlight something for a couple of years and then he may highlight something additional or something. And so we've decided to make that fluid. But I want to talk to you um, specifically get into 2021. And when we were praying, we started Zane and Andrew and I had a meeting and we, we were just praying over 2021 and what God had. And um, this, this word generosity really was highlighted to us. And when I look over my life, one time I heard uh, Bill Johnson make this statement that he said, he said of the handful of the greatest miracles he's ever seen, that a significant portion of them happened in, a, in, a, in, an, in an offering or in a moment of generosity. And there's something about living away with God that we are receiving from him, that we're abiding in him, but that our lives become this um, continuous outflow of his grace to others through our generosity, through our gifts, through the way that we share. Um, uh, having this conversation with Zane and Tiffany and Andrea, where I was thinking about how when we have judgments, when we have uh, things that we are bitter about towards others, what, what we do is we separate. And all these different um, things that are the opposite of love, they cause separation. The great, one of the greatest ways to, to remove separation and love is to, is to allow ourselves to become generous people in all that we do. Generosity to me, it's like... Um, it looks like a river that is not dammed up, but that is continually flowing. One of the stories that God used to highlight generosity to me in the Old Testament is the story of the woman prophet comes to her and she goes and gets all the, uh, she gets all the, you know, he tells her to, you know, go, go get, fill every jar you have with oil. And she gets jars from her own house and jars from her neighbor's house and, and the oil, kept flowing until there was no room left. And the Lord spoke to me one day, many years ago. He said, Jordan, he said, as long, as long as there's room left in your life, the oil will always be flowing. And I believe that, that if we continually are giving, we're a continuous flow of the spirit within us, of the tangible material gifts that we have, 
of our time, of our hospitality, of our love, of our hope, of our ideas, of all the things that God has given us to steward. If we are a continuous flow, if we are a steward who allows people to continually receive, there will always be room for God to bless us. And that's not a, uh, a word of faith like prosperity thing, because we know that some people in the scriptures and some people in Christian history, the way that they, um, the way that they lived in fullness wouldn't be deemed as fullness by the metrics or the standards of our society. And so fullness looks in a lot, a lot of different ways, but God is, if, but God has called us to live generously. I, I, one of the people that make that everybody thinks of is mother Teresa. I've had dreams of mother Teresa and the way that she served. And when I was a kid, I went to India. I went to this ministry that my parents supported. And it was right down the block from mother Teresa's, um, the Abbey that she served at. And we actually missed going down there to see her. I like one of my only regrets in life that we were that close and she was still alive and they, you know, things were, you know, cranking there. And, but, um, Sometimes, a lot of times, generosity looks like serving the poor, serving the hurting, serving people with, uh, with food. And we, we want to enter into the kind of generosity where we're willing to give of our material um, wealth that God has given us to help and to serve. Um, but sometimes generosity looks like hosting a table. It looks like hospitality. It looks like... Um, sharing the the food and the uh, generosity of our conversation sometimes generosity in these settings of community looks like uh i think andrea called them generous ears it looks like listening in a way that is open and so generosity can look like hospitality we also see god's generosity when when we look at the fruit that is yielded in the earth just because he's a creator. When I sit there on top of my house and I'm like, I could literally pick up pecans all day, every day and not pick up all the pecans. It's because like the way that God has wired creation is to yield fruit and he is generous, you know, in, in what is just yielded through creation. And more and more lately, I just, I walk around, I walk outside and I just see the generosity of God. He has created a universe that is generous and it's our role to participate in his way of operating, which is one of generosity. And we are going to look for ways as a community to, um, in 2021, and we want you to pray with this on us to integrate our the generosity of our time, the generosity of our finances, the generosity of our uh, all our resources, of our um, hospitality, of our love up to others, and so we we want that to really set the course. Um, I'm actually going to be starting a generosity series in January, um, and that will you know not just be some, as you guys know, we don't, uh, we don't beat the door down on, on giving. It won't be this call to come 
help us build a thing. It will be a call into living in a generous life. Um, the second thing that I want to talk about that is going to be a really big deal for 2021 is how many of you remember us talking about rule of life over the last year or two? And we started the conversation on rule of life in the uh, devotional series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, that we started. And I think that would have been in January 2019. And some people trip over the word rule because they don't like that word. But the idea of rule of life is like a tr is more like a trellis that uh, fruit can grow up on. And, and uh, I heard John Mark Comer say that rule of life is, is an integration of your schedule to your values. And so we have been looking for ways this year to help people craft a rule of life. That is to help people think about the things they do and how those things are integrated into a life with God, into a life with his presence. And I think that is, that, that is the goal is that we are walking with God in everything that we do. And so we've been working the last couple of months, Andrea specifically on creating what we're calling an abiding life journal. And this journal will have some, a, a daily rhythm of prayer and it will have weekly examine to help us to think about the various areas of our life and how we are integrating these things into presence of God. It will also have um, scriptures that we can walk through. And we're going to use this. We, we're, um, they, they'll be released a few times through the year. The, the first journal will take us from January Epiphany all the way to Easter. And we will use these journals to inform um, our house church discussions, our oftentimes the preaching will come out of this, um, prayers will come out of this. And so this will be a context and a, a trellis, if you will, to give life to all the things that we're doing at ClearPath. And uh, Andrea, I'm going to let Andrea show a little bit. Let me show you. We actually have a printed copy of this. So you can see right here, the Abiding Life Journal. It, it's, uh, it will help you to daily uh, walk through, um, you know, living life in, with God. One of the things that I realized, I, I thought of rule of life as a very individual thing. And then as I studied throughout the, the centuries, whether it's monastic movements or um, prayer movements, the, uh, the sort of way of life of abiding in God was actually most effectively done in community. And we have a heavy emphasis in, in the West on individualism and on doing it our own way and our own thing and our own, you know, want tos. But we, we built this not just so that it will, you know, uh, give life to uh, individuals, but so that it will give context for community life. And I'm going to let Andrea actually show you what the inside of the journal looks like and pass it over to her. Andrea, are you unmuted? I think so. Can y'all hear me? I'm going to stop the share and Andrew's going to show you. All right. Yeah. I'm going to give me one second to kind of pull this guy up. Um, and this, this is just a project that's super near and dear to my heart. And I think that it is that way because it's been 
something that I've kind of used and it's been super transformational for me. And so I absolutely love it. Um, can you guys see this? Here's kind of an example of what it looks like. Um, that's gonna be the cover. We've just got some introduction pages. We've got our values kind of in there. Also um, instructionals on kind of how to do a daily office, morning prayers, evening prayers, and obviously, like Jordan said, we're kind of following the Christian calendar um, seasonally. And so kind of breaking it up in that way. But here's just an example of what a page looks like. And I just I love what you said, Jordan, about it kind of being a trellis, um, because I think that's exactly what it is. It just it kind of gives you structure um, to be able to accomplish some of the things that you want to accomplish in your day and also to partner with the Lord and what you're doing in your day. And so I think it's, um, it's just been super helpful for me. And so I absolutely love it and can't speak any high, more highly of it. So you can kind of see it follows a daily office. All of these scriptures are um, from the revised common lectionary from the book of common prayer. So it's kind of, these are the verses that are people are reading all across the world um, on every specific day. And so it's just a really beautiful thing. And so you've got your opening prayers, things that you'll read each morning, um, taking moments of silence, times of adoration with the Lord, and also a time in the evening that you'll kind of gather your family around and also reflect on what the Lord's doing. And, and every day, just take notes on what the Lord's saying and also ask him to join you in what you want to do in your day. And so I, I think this is just going to be super helpful and awesome for all of us. And I'm also going to show you guys kind of the weekly. So this is kind of a weekly examine thing where we invite the Lord, the Lord's presence into different areas of our life and just kind of reflect on um, how it's been going in the week before and how we might want to reset in the week um, coming up. And so this has just been super helpful. This is a tool for you to be able to abide with the Lord. And um, I think it'll be super helpful for all of us. There you go. Yes, and I think that those weekly examines are really um, a big deal because they help you look at things like your rest and like your, like, how are you taking care of your body? They help you look at things like, you know, your, you know, this morning time, these daily offices. They help you, you know, look at things like your work and your family relationships. And so the goal here was not to tell people what to do or to say, oh, we know how to do it, but to set a weekly examine where you reflect on how, how, what is God speaking about these different areas of my life so that I can continually come back to the table of I'm use this word again of setting intent for God's presence being integrated in all parts of life. And so we're going to we're going to start uh, right now. If you want to order these journals, they are ten dollars. We make no money on them. They are just that is the cost of that's the cost of printing them. And it, we would really encourage our goal is for as high a percentage of our community to get these as possible. Um, and because it's going to be a context for how we're doing church life. And I'm very, very excited about this. Um, in general, we've sort of, uh, put a morning and an evening office that you would spend 
time alone with God in the morning and that the evening office should be very short, five to 10 minutes, that you can, you can read a psalm and have some prayer time with your family. And so the, the thinking in our head is that the morning is for the Lord. This, this 11.30 prayer that we do is in community and that the evening we have, even if it's just a little time, I think sometimes with family devotional, we're, it's like we feel like we have to have like a nine hour thing that we do, but just even have a little time to read together and to just reset. That's, that is the goal here. And so and I'll, I'll also say, too, that we are um, in the process of not creating a book for kids, but um, we're creating kind of a document um, or packet of some sort that we'll be able to give to kids so that they can also um, do this as well for themselves um, if they're old enough and, and want to be involved in something like that. So obviously we have the, the journal for families to do that together, but we're wanting also for this to be immersive for our entire community, kiddos, adults alike. Yeah. Well, I think part of that too was we, we gave Grace, this is just very new this last week, we gave Grace the opportunity to have an alarm clock and to wake up and sort of practice some of these things with us. And, you know, she, she was excited to sort of join in on that rather than like us, like teaching her, you know, like she's actually, you know, getting to dig into some of this stuff on her own. And so anyway, just a little testimony of God, you know, Grace, she like, we can't, I came in one day and she, you know, the first day she just slept through her alarm. Second day I came in and she was sitting in there reading her Bible, doing this prayer. And so we definitely want to make it available for kids. I'm going to go back to um, this to finish this. Um, can you guys see my screen here? You, you see my screen? Okay. So that's the rule of life. I want to give you some quick, important dates. You do not have to memorize these. I just want to give you a context of how we are setting some intent um, for, for our church community. All of these will be communicated to you in written form and email so that you can look at them. It really does help us. We have made enormous strides over the last couple of years of being better at communicating. It helps us if you will also read the communication that we send. So look at that email. Some important dates, um, January 3rd, uh, we will have a prayer service for the new year. Um, and that will be, uh, we don't yet know the context for right that. Uh, as you know, right now, we made the decision to go back to doing church on the lawn. We understand the weather implications of, de de of December. We have just decided that it's not the most healthy thing um, right now, considering the fact that COVID is just really is exploding that we just did not feel like the right thing to do was to come back inside and in person. We know that there's some inconvenience to that. We appreciate your graciousness with that. And so we are going to continue this next week with Church on the Lawn. I cannot tell you where that prayer service is going to be, but on January 3rd, we will be having a prayer service for the new year. Um, the Abiding Life Journal will begin on Epiphany, which is January 6th. If you, um, if you, want to be a part of this and we really want you to be a part of this we would ask that you go ahead and buy the journal now so that you can have it we we really like the idea of, of epiphany being the 
start date, first of all, because the first few days of the year aren't really the best days to set a rhythm. Like it's just kind of a whirlwind at the beginning of the year. And so this is intentionally started on January 6th because it matches with the calendar and also because it matches with like the normal psychological rhythm of starting a year. And so please like, uh, Andrea, maybe you can at the end give some communication of how to purchase that, but please go ahead and do that now. January 10th, the generosity series will begin. February 17th, will Lent will begin. We will start just like we did last year. We went three months from Lent to Easter to Pentecost. Our house church went through the scriptures that were integral to those times. And this year we, we've uh, decided to theme that around feasting and fasting because we recognize that in the kingdom of God, there is both feasting and fasting. And you see both of those things in, in the story of Lent and in the story of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So that's going to be kind of context. Eight, you know, Holy Week starts March 28th. And then Easter, Easter will begin the second edition of the Abiding Life Journal because we, the journal doesn't cover the whole year. It'll be released in, you know, throughout the year. So we will uh, we'll launch that on April 4th. Um, just you don't have to remember these dates. I just want to give you an idea of what's going on. Um, things that we're praying for. So you can snap a picture of this with your phone if you want. Uh, we are a communal expression of loving your neighbor. The beginning of this last year, we had sort of set a vi like a vision idea of working with uh, refugees. Now, what happened was with COVID and with some policy that was implemented, the refugees entering our country basically dropped to zero. And so that happened within a week, that the change in policy happened within a week of, of us establishing a partnership with a organization that was gonna work with that. And then it just, we were going, our goal was to help them, or our intent was to help them um, help refugee families that were hitting the ground here to integrate into the community and integrate into the city to be able to find grocery stores, to be able to help navigate the city, whatever it is. And that kind of got disrupted, you know, because of policy stuff and then COVID affected that. And so we are, we need your prayer because we would like a way to involve all our community in an expression of generosity to loving people that's intentional, strategic, that involves our kids, that involves everyone. And so that's something we're praying about. Please be praying with us. We also want to, um, we loved House Church this last year. Um, there were, we, one of the tweaks we would like to make is we'd like to figure out a way that we're not, we're not necessarily requiring people to run House Church year round like we did. Um, but that we find some intentional ways, different ways to have more intentional year-round community life. We, nobody necessarily mentioned this. COVID was obviously changed the game for everything. But as summer hit and those house church Zooms dropped off, I think people might have felt a little bit more isolated. And so we want to figure out a way to engage that. Um, and, and it may be a little bit more organic, but we, that's something we're praying about. So please pray with that. Pray that with us. Um, we also are praying for a long-term home for ClearPath. This isn't anything that we are um, uh, overly fixated on. It's not something that we, you know, you're not going to see some 
building campaign coming. That's that's not the issue here. It's that my, uh, as you know, my dad owned the business of our technology finance that the building, you know, worked out of. And, you know, we have a good relationship with the bank that now owns that building, but we're just still praying about like, you know, is that the long-term best space for us with the, with the new setup with the, the business and just, just trying to, to pray into that. So pray with that. And then the, the last thing is that we want to find ways to have a wider engagement of practical serving within the body. One of the things that we've always done, uh, I think, well, is that we have not sort of overemphasized uh, elements of serving within the body as like your as a supreme calling. We don't, we're not trying to draft people into the usher program or into the whatever program it is, but we, we are looking for a, a way to have a higher percentage of our overall community serving in some capacity. We do believe that there is a greater uh, receiving that happens when there's sacrifice. And so I think that it's something that we've been a little weak on that we need to improve, that we need to to value practical serving as a community. And so it's something that we're praying into is how we give a greater uh, opportunity for that and how we have a greater engagement in practical serving. And so those, those are things we're praying for. Um, um, the last thing I wanna just mention is this idea of the continuation of the journey. I love a, a picture of a river because a river is simultaneously connected to its source and its endpoint. And we're in a flow and a journey with God. We aren't trying to get on a new journey. We aren't trying to get in a new river. We aren't trying to make something new happen. The, the, the things that we are leading into in 2021 are a continuation down the path that God has for us. We're a, we are in a continual flow from the source to the end point. And Fortunately for us, the source and the point of the same person. And so we're in that flow and continuing down that path. And we aren't trying to reinvent the wheel or go do something new. We're trying to stay on the path that God has for us.